Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. Hi, I'm Kim Salmon. I'd like to have a quick word about uh, public radio, particularly 3CR. The thing about public radio is that it's more open than the more formatted types of radio to what's going on around it. So when you listen to it, you're more likely to hear a reflection of real life. And 3CR being in the heart of Smith Street, Collingwood, is a particularly good example of what I'm talking about. If you'd like to uh, subscribe, the number is 94198377. Velocipedes are pretty things to look at upon as they whirl along so swiftly, swiftly and gracefully, operated by some practised hand. But did you ever try to ride one? It seems an easy thing to sit upon that little carpeted seat, put your feet upon the treadles and astonish everybody by your speed. But just try it. And don't invo- invite your lady friends to witness your first performance either. You mount the machine with great dignity and confidence. You see that all is clear. You undertake to place your feet in the proper position and the trouble begins. Your first half hour is spent deciding which shall be uppermost, yourself or the machine. And the machine exhibits an amount of skill and perseverance that astonishes you. second week of March here in Melbourne. You're listening to the Yarrick Bug Radio Show here on 3CR 855 AM on the dial. Podcasting, streaming, or why don't you put it in the locker and listen to it later. Lovely day here in Melbourne. Bit clammy. Get up a little bit of a sweat. Flush those toxins out as you're riding to work. On board the tricycle... No, it's not a tricycle, is it? <laughs> With the extra seat, the baby seat on the back of the uh, tan this morning. Simon Stainsbury from Adventures Around Australia joins us as part of one of his many other roles. And, of course, Faith in charge, the captain on the tandem. Good morning, Val. Good morning, Val. I should quote, that's from, um, oh, God, 1869, an American journalist on how to ride a bike. And nothing's ha- changed. Nothing it's has those changed carpeted seats <laughs> I'm worried about. Well, there are people that you can buy little lambs wool uh, seat yeah. covers, you know, that looks remarkably <laughs> like carpet a... carpet burn a whole new... <laughs> Except... <laughs> well, 
better than AstroTurf. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it is a uh, it's great to have you listening on 3CR. And before I forget, and we won't forget, 3CR celebrates its 40th year in existence this year. If you've been listening for free for a while, it's about time you ponied up and sent something along. Subscribe, ring up the uh, the radio station or go online and make sure that independent voices like 3CR stay online. I've just renewed my subscription, Bill. I've just renewed my Got subscription. Got my membership card or the handy discounts attached to it. There we go. I feel like a real person in Melbourne <laughs> there. We should start with a little bike moment each. <laughs> Faith, I know you're always prepared. Um, look, mine's a, a very low-key one. I was, I was leading a ride on Sunday as part of the Melbourne Food and Wine Festival, an urban food producer's ride. So we took a group of people from um, Queensbridge uh, up through Birrawangma, through Fitzroy, up to Ceres. In Brunswick, stopping off at different urban food producers along the way, and it was just one of those gorgeous Sundays where the weather was perfect. It was early-ish, so not too hot, nice breeze, and uh, there's not a better way to spend it, really. Riding from one eating place to another, <laughs> I, I could hardly imagine anything worse. And the gums, even though it's the end of summer, the gums were still smelling nice and, uh, you know, nice trails. Oh, my riding is a little bit curtailed at the moment, but I'm on a scooter, and a little foot scooter up and down um, is my way of, of getting about, and uh, I was on the Albies ride recently, the uh, ride commemorating the uh, unfortunate uh, situation there, and uh, we we rode up uh, Sydney Road, and I was there on a scooter, and uh, it was kind of fun, but also a little bit silly, being the um, <laughs> person sort of riding with a little foot scooter up the hill. <laughs> up the hill, up Sydney Road. <laughs> up Sydney Road, yeah. It was a, it was a great you know, community atmosphere, and uh, certainly a lot of uh, spirit uh, in, the, in the ride, and I think well well supported. Uh, the few shopkeepers came out with a cowbell. And, uh, oh, good. On yeah, a, good. Uh, good to see. Yeah. And on the way back... Uh, where you just sort of sat down and grabbed a, a few pastries and uh, there were people who were just chilling on Sydney Road and asking what it was about and we were able to uh, sort of just outline that, uh, you know, that there's a there's a desire to be able to make that place a lot, lot safer for cyclists and there's still a lot of work to do. Yeah. Um, I'm going to crib somebody else's bike moment. <laughs> it's very closely related to um, a friend of mine who's been a... A writer, well, not all his life yet because he's still alive, <laughs> but um, has had a tendency, and I think it's probably a generally accepted rule, once you go over twice on tram tracks, you tend to be inoculated for the rest of your life. You actually approach a tram track with a from a wide angle. <laughs> My friend seems to be incapable of coming to this realisation that when the tram tracks around him, he should be particularly careful. So anyway, he went off to Adelaide for a week. And it must have been midweek, and I thought, because and he took his bike, and uh, I thought, oh, it'd be good. Stand there. riding around Adelaide's lovely to ride around, and there are, you know, there's no tram tracks. And then suddenly I realised, <laughs> from the city to Glenelg is a tram track. My friend came home yesterday, skin off his arm, his hips, and his legs, and I said to him, "Don't tell me you went down to Glenelg." And he said, "Yes, I hit the tram track." And came over. On the one tram. On the one tram in the whole of the city. Uh, never underestimate under the perseverance of a bike to remain <laughs> rubber side up. Anyway. 
So always approach tram tracks at wide angles. A little bit of news across the cycling world. Ride to School Day went off last week. Yep. Wild success it is, as always is. Great to see schools getting really behind, encouraging all their ki- kids' parents to make sure their kids ride to work. It's got bigger and bigger every year. Um, and I think it was also a big week for Cycling Victoria here in Melbourne, especially on the weekend. They had the Grand Prix Victorian Criterium down at Albert Park. There was also the women's ride on Sunday, which was... Um, uh, encouraging women from all over the state to go on rides that they might not normally do, and that was a huge success. It's the second year it's been run. Um, and there was also the International Women's Day Awards held down in St Kilda. Um, and if you wanted any of the details on who won, because I, I can't go through all the categories, then if you have a look at the Cycling Victoria um Facebook page. There's some great photos from the day. Iris Dixon was there. She's been yeah. uh, one of our favourite guests on the show here. Um, and Bridie O'Donnell was hosting the awards. And um, I have to mention the Squeaky Wheel actually won an award for our Pushy Woman program. So that was uh, very, yep. very um, kind of them. Uh, but there was a lot of great people often volunteers running programs for breeze rides and that who were, uh, got recognition on the day. So uh, it's well worth having a look at the Cycling Victoria Facebook page and checking out the details of who won what and who who all the finalists were. Wrapped up the um, World Track UCI Track Championships wrapped up last week. Uh, well, it's hard to get away from this talking about Australia as, you know, as a nation we run third in the middle tally. Let's move on from a bit, but... Uh, I think when we ran third on the medal table, and Amir's another silver in the um, Kieran. Um, so obviously, uh, as preparation for Rio, they're not going too bad. And I should mention, actually, we're mentioning Anna Mears, her great nemesis on the track, Victoria yes. Pembleton, wrote her first winner in the National Hunt Steeplechase yes. in England <laughs> last week, which was wonderful news. A different type of pony. Exactly. <laughs> Still the same saddle. <laughs> <laughs> And she had a bit of a tumble the week before, so she looked like winning one the week before. It's lovely to see somebody cross sports, actually. <laughs> <laughs> well, you do see. Yeah, there is a bit of crossover with cycling, but I'm not sure how many have gone on to... Uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> I would never doubt her fearlessness or courageousness, actually, from that. Um, we should um, mention um, the continuing saga of the police in New South Wales mm. and bicycle riders. This is this a lovely story. Well, we could, Sydney could, Road, I quite think. Declared it's Mike Baird's conspiracy to get everybody to move from Melbourne. <laughs> no, I don't believe that. We won't have enough black clothes for all those people that come down. <laughs> uh, the suggestion this week is that the police will not really seriously police the one-metre rule. Um, I think that'll probably... Well, I think it's not actually law yet. I know, I know. So they're backtracking <laughs> already. make it a bit tricky. Uh, what's his name? Mr Gray said, well, we won't be using a ruler. We'll it's be a using... one-year introduction. Yeah, we won't be using a ruler to find people. We'll be using yeah. common sense. Well, and that led to the post on the weekend about the cyclist who was stopped by the police and told that she could be fined for driving, da- riding dangerously. She was on an upright bicycle and apparently going too fast on the road and also that she could be fined for wearing heels. So that was um, getting quite a bit of attention over the weekend. And uh, 
Reminded me of some of the stories you used to hear out of New York. <laughs> the police were famously not uh, bicycle friendly. Yes, unfortunately. It's an interesting parallel, actually. We've had the anniversary of the Mardi Gras during this week, this weekend. Is it 30 years ago? Oh, you put me on the spot there. I can't remember now where police brutality was at its Mm. highest, actually. It's interesting to do. You're riding too fast on that upright bike and don't put that colourful clothes on and dance in the street. It's Mm. really interesting to see how quickly things go forward and backwards. Um, And also the Super Tuesday count was held last week and um, I saw some... Early figures out from the city of Moreland, but I'm sure they'll be released soon, Simon. Oh, definitely. They're probably what I'll be looking into in the next couple of days. So we yeah. really want to be able to make a song and dance out of where we've seen the growth and uh, also to, to have a look at uh, how the north is, is is growing, but also you know where where we... That, that sort of information helps us make those sort of um, prioritisation decisions. You know, knowing that people are riding in a particular area helps make the case to be able to improve the infrastructure in that area, but it also identifies the area where people are not riding and so therefore can be used to be able to to support the sort of build-it-and-they-will-come kind of projects. Yeah, and just as a prelude to that, the uh, counter that's been installed on the Capital City Trail about two years ago now, um, in the lead-up to Super Tuesday, uh, I think on the 3rd of March, counted 4,926 cyclists in one day, which was a record from the previous record made three days before that. Yeah. So figures are tracking upwards. Things are looking really, things are looking really good on that, that counter. And yeah. uh, I, uh, I think that uh, the number of days over 4,000 is, you know, would, well, I can't. I wish I was a little bit more organised there. I yeah, think. No, there no, was no. about. Um, I think there's been about five of them this year, and uh, in the previous year, there might have been about ten mm-hmm. for the, the whole, whole year. year. So yeah. look, I those are numbers off the top of my head. Um, so don't take take them with a grain of salt. But the general news is that summer in 2016 is looking really great in terms mm-hmm. of rider numbers. Um, previous year was was really good. Um, uh, we've been sort of just shy of a million in previous years. If things continue the way they are at the moment, I think we may crack the million mark. Yeah, yeah. it did make me wonder, and I'm don't you don't have to answer. This. I mean, because I'm sort of putting you on the spot. But I thought, well, if there's five thousand cyclists roughly going across that intersection with the interminably long lights, yeah, um, how many cars travel across that intersection with, at the lights? Each day, do you know? Um, not on the top of my no. head, but that information is published by Vic Roads and yeah. is publicly available. Awesome. So you, you could get a, at least Vic Roads' estimate of how many people yeah. are using that, um, that motor vehicles going up and down there. Um, but yeah, I mean, I can see the, the <laughs> subtext, which is basically <laughs> really, <laughs> you know, can you can you use can you use the relative volumes as an argument for changing the lights, uh, light frequency? And, uh, that's again a conversation that's probably worth having, but one that we have with big rights. Yeah, yeah, I thought I was being that, so that'll subtle. Go for a, that'll go for a long time. I just want to put my hand up and say I'm responsible for four of those crossing, uh, four of those numbers every week, just in case anybody's wondering. We all make a contribution of those numbers. Uh, I think that's a wrap for the news, Val. That is a wrap for the news. We'll be back and we'll be pushing our pedals, travelling around this great brown, red land, brown land. Brown, red land, brown land, green land. It's quite a lot of different colours out there. It's really quite beautiful. <laughs>
3CR has all kinds of music programs for you to hear. From blues to hip-hop, reggae, classical, punk, jazz, soul, indigenous, experimental, indie, metal and other music styles. Check out 3cr.org.au on the World Wide Web for more info. And you're back listening to the Arabug Radio Show on 3CR. Simon Stainsby is our guest this morning, and he is here to talk about something that uh, we've probably all dreamt of doing, especially on a Monday morning, um, packing in the job for six months or so and jumping on your bike and just heading off into that sunset. And and it was truly wonderful, and I thoroughly recommend it. And Easter's coming up, and if you have got plans, then... Congratulations on the East, the, your coming Easter bike tour. And if you haven't, you've got enough time to be able to Make get organised. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, look, uh, one of the things you, you could do, for example, would be to throw your bike on the train to Swan Hill and then ride the Murray River region. It's a truly beautiful area. Um, there are lots of little uh, spots where you can camp by the Murray River and see uh, red, river red gums and, and pulp pelicans and all manner of wildlife and it's our, my jumping off point for the big for the big bike ride that I did on the six months and that's yeah. how I started but it's it was inspired by an Easter trip where we went out there looking um, for, uh, for for a good length ride for that couple of days over Easter but you could then sort of return back to a, um, to Melbourne to be able to, to return back to your day job yeah. but to, when you finally get to be able to take that stretch of time off and just finish every day with the sunset and the stars and the satellites going overhead, that's something truly magic. And if you can make that part of your life, then I thoroughly recommend you do it. <laughs> and so tell us about the plans you had for the trip. What was the... Well, we we wanted to be able to well take as long as practical to kick off in the sense that ideally we would have taken a longer period but you know you you take the time that your work allows and and allows you to be able to come back to a life um (laughs) but um we were basically trying to see some of the things through the center of australia um because both my partner and i at different times in the past had ridden um fairly large chunks of the, the coastal regions of australia and we were keen to see um, some of the things that you can only see through the centre. Um, unfortunately, that's also the main sort of retiree kind of um, caravan touring run, and so when there's only one road, that's a lot of your company. Um, but there are some really wonderful things through um, through the centre of Australia, particularly in South Australia, that uh, you probably wouldn't normally put as your immediate places to go. Um, through um, some of the winery regions, through the, the Wilmina Pound, uh, Flinders Ranges areas, um, through places like Parachilna, which is a um, it's a Aboriginal ochre pit. And it's a fairly significant trade hub, or was a fairly significant trade hub. It was you know an important spiritual good, and the ochres there were traded all the way across Australia. Um, and uh, when you're actually in the country, to be able to see 
um, the place. You can kind of understand why it's a deeply, deeply spiritually significant place. It truly is a gorgeous place to be in. And um, there, there are many, many places. If I, I can rattle them <laughs> off, but um, I'll, I'll, but I'll, yeah, the the sort of place. You know, we're going back to you know, the first opportunity we have. We're going to have a look at places near the West Macdonald Ranges where you've got not only gorgeous country, you've also still got um, some of the cultural significances of those areas because you still have um, people on country who are living. Um, with their spiritual connections, and you still have the chance to be able to ask and understand a little bit about. It. I mean, obviously, um, I, what I can understand from an outsider's perspective is, is very limited. But the the natural beauty, the the animal and plant beauty, and the cultural beauty, are things that are truly wonderful. And um, I got a sampling of it. It's it's great to be able to enjoy that sampling but uh, it's you want to be back there as soon as you can <laughs> and the bike really lends itself to to that sort of sampling doesn't doesn't it? that scale of uh, interaction with the landscape around you and the places and the people well you can be in country you know you can you can be you can watch animals interact in a way that's just not possible when you're inside a motor vehicle or even on a motorbike traveling at 60 k's now you can ride along and see dragons sunning themselves on the road. You can see emus wandering around, just making some bonk, bonk, bonk noises <laughs> as, you, as you ride along the tracks. And they just stare at you <laughs> as you ride up, and then they run a few metres down the track and stare at you, and nothing you ride up. nothing as being stared at by an emu. <laughs> You've got... You know, uh, critters all <laughs> over the place, and they become a part of your daily experience. And to to an extent, being in the country with the critters is far more enjoyable than actually interacting with the people at the roadhouses. <laughs> we won't touch on the roadhouses. Yeah. Give us uh, the route, Simon. Um, Swan Hill uh, through the, Mar- the Murray Sunset National Park through. Taylor Bend down towards Kangaroo Island, um, through the Kangaroo Island precinct. Um, lovely gin there, actually. There's a really <laughs> um, and uh, then through uh, north through to Adelaide. Um, yes, there was indeed the the one tram. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, then through the um, uh, the Mawson Trail, which we tried. It's a, a well, we discovered it was a largely mountain biking trail that runs um, sort of north and um, east um, from Adelaide all the way up to the Wilmina Pound. Um, some of it is way too challenging for a loaded touring bike, um, and uh, but you can drop in and out of it and, um, because it's fairly close to the road network. And um, we found um, that the, uh, the lion's share of the area near Adelaide is more for the people who are wanting to take day trips and, and tear around the forest and have a bit of fun on a mountain bike and then go home again. Yeah. Um, but certainly um, some lovely, challenging riding in, in that area and it takes you through the winery regions. It uh, You go through the, the wheat belts area there and then you get within that, that beautiful ochre country um, that is the Flinders Ranges and, yeah. um, and Wilmina Pound and, and some of the vegetation through that area, which is... 
yeah, look, I, I can, all I can say is it's well worth a look. But uh, <laughs> I can uh, see you getting a sort of vision inside your mind yes. about athlete. Well, but, yeah, like, I mean, yeah. a lot of this is quite visual. Um, look, photos are about as best I can no. can give you, and I can point you to some websites where we took some photos. We had both Marie, my partner, and I took um, sort of had a bit of a blog, which was a diary of our of our travels and. Um, there's lots of photos on that one. Um, I I blogged on upfielddreaming.blogspot.com.au and she blogged on mariebiketouroz.blogspot.com.au. Lots of photos there and yeah. you can get a taste, but it's not the same thing. <laughs> no. Hey, listen, just... Um and you, you just ride a, I'm going to say, normal touring bike. You're not, neither of you go sort of expedition-style bikes. You have a normal bike that you would tour yeah, anywhere else. It's, my touring bike is my commuting bike. Um, it's got uh, enough panniers to be able to carry. Mostly the water is the, the weight and the challenge when, you, when you're doing riding uh, sort of in the north, when you start getting to areas where it's... Uh, you know, one and two hundred kilometres between roadhouses and reliable supplies of water. Yeah. Um, but um, you, so long as the bike itself is rigid enough to be able to to take those sorts of weights uh, when you're looking, riding on gravel tracks and yeah. you know, took a section of the unit at a track. You know, people get very excitable by riding their big four-wheel drives on that area. <laughs> but you know, a bit of bit of organisation and and an awareness of where the the water supply is and you can you can do that yeah. sort of route um we didn't do the whole lot we 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 went from murray to uh, roxby downs so uh, very strange experience riding yes. the Unidata track which is basically corrugated gravel and sand drifts then you end up in this sort of strange fenced area because the mining lease is of yeah. course a restricted area you sort of get into the kind of very weird Area 51 kind of vibe. <laughs> and then you arrive in suburbia, <laughs> complete with piped PA music playing the Carpenters. <laughs> and you've this is the first time you've had access to water or food or anything and you're covered in dust like something from a weird western um and wandering through a town that's got teenagers hanging around in the mall <laughs> i'm sure it wasn't the truman show you stumbled onto it. it's a very yeah they've done their very best to be able to create a little bit of city way out in the country for the people who mine uh there but it's it's a very disconcerting sort of double-take mm-hmm. experience to, uh, to go from sort of five days out in the deep desert into yeah. uh, sort of <laughs> 1980s suburbia. Uh, uh, I just, Simon, the Oka Pit, the hub there, what was the name again? Uh, that was Parachilna, so that's yeah. on the northern end of uh, the, the Flinders Ranges. Yeah, and... Um, some people mightn't be aware, but I imagine talking to a 3CR listener, so we'll be aware. Mungo Man and Mungo Lady, the two bones, the skeletons, or the three skeletons, found at um, Mungo, and Mungo Lake, covered with that orca from that pit down there, so from 300 kilometres away, nearly. Oh, Mungo, Lake Mungo's a lot further away than that. I'm sorry, yeah, yeah. yeah but uh, that was the oca mm. pit that had traded from everywhere else. They were the... They're some of the first recognised ceremonial deaths 
and the ochre came from down there. So it's really quite tied into it. Yeah, I mean, know, we're, talking, whole country, uh, we're talking multiple months' worth of walking to be able to get from yeah. Lake Mungo yeah, to yeah. Parachilna. So yeah, yeah. we're talking well-established trade routes. Routes, yeah. And, of course, Lake Mungo was a hive of fishing and um, bird life and stuff. I'm sorry, I'm getting a little bit off the track. <laughs> Oh, we'll, um, I think uh, we'll have the links to your blogs up on the podcast so that if anyone wants to take a look at all those photos or read in more detail about the trip, then they'll be able to. And um, thanks for coming in yeah. to tell us about that. One highlight from the trip. Um, Sorry. One highlight. Okay, I'll, I'll tell the anecdote I tell everybody, which is... Um, the the mechanical failure because that's always the the interesting interesting thing even though it's not representative of the the joyous experience um, riding from uh, Kananara to Fitzroy Crossing is a fairly long stretch and it's a long stretch within between with any without any kind of support so it's not the kind of place where you want to blow three wheels three spokes and part of your rear hub um, so yeah I've had to basically use a bit of cable to be able to re 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 rework my back wheel and uh get myself to uh to Fitzroy Crossing and uh that kind of jury rig thing did me for pretty much the rest of the ride to Broome um so I was able to to, to manage on just limp limp on limp at home but uh, <laughs> it was one of those kind of moments where it's like yeah one of the the joys of bike touring is that sense of self-reliance, um, but the, one of the costs of the self-reliance is you know you have to be able to to think on your feet if things start to go a little bit bodgy. Yep, and thank you very much, Simon, for coming into the show today. That's all we've got time for. Uh, as Val mentioned, 3CR relies on the support of its listeners, so if you'd like to subscribe or make a donation, you can do that at 3cr.org.au, and. Coming up next is Dirt Radio. <laughs> y'all know y'all know how to kick it out. You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.